What is phase two? New day is done. The day of the Power Cosmic Podcast. Gathered from around the galaxy comes the world's greatest comic book fans, all in one terrific podcast. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. With your host with the most, the man who puts on Terrific Con, the world's greatest Comic Con every August at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mitch Halleck. Joining Mitch each week will be an assembly of his terrific super friends. Join them as they talk about comic books, movies, and more. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. Power Cosmic Podcast. Hello, kids. It's Mitch and Jerry. Oh, look, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we just finished, uh, uh, Jerry just finished filming uh, DVD extras. Mitch got to see me involved. I'm bomb in crisis. No, not bomb like drinking. They had to put uh, makeup on Jerry to make him look lifelike. And boy, oh boy, was it laying it on thick. Last time I saw, didn't he? I was thinking, like, what the hell is he doing? So anyway, listen to us drive. Well, whatever. No, since I'm interview about the crisis, and I want you to stay focused on the crisis thing. When you were working on the book as inkers, beginning with issue five back in 1985. Did you know or have any idea that it was going to become such a huge, phenomenal event in comics? Uh, I'll get there. Never know. No, I mean, you, when you were inking it, the scope of it didn't, I mean, the fact that you were inking 500 characters? Well, no, you know that you're doing, like, a big story, and then it's, it's a, you never did. It's epic. Well, here's the thing. Back then, yeah. everybody who worked on monthly comics, they can never they never end unless they can. Of course they don't end. So this was a finite series. It was 12 issues. And the limited series had just started for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, there was something to it. I'd already done a creator-owned book. But did they tell you this it was going to affect... Yeah, but did they tell you this was going to affect all yeah. the DC continuity? Yes, and at the time... So it was a big deal. It was, it was big stakes. Big, it was DC's big deal, yeah. Yeah. It was their, their, you know, premier 50th anniversary project. And it was in conjunction with the DC Who's Who. Yeah. I also did a ton of yes. two entries for. So, so why, was was this, why was this all coordinated effort? Is it because of the 50th anniversary? They said, we want to do something revolutionary. We're going to redo everything. I know. Was was Burns uh, relaunch of Superman in the works already Not at, that at that point? point? But they were their whole point was that they wanted in a perfect world at the end of Crisis, yeah, all yeah. the major titles would have rebooted, right? So including Superman, Wonder Woman, and yeah. The Flash. Well, that's kind of what happened. Well, the Flash rebooted with Wally Wood, Wally West, Wally West yeah. Um, Wally and, Wood, that would have been you know, but that's that's exactly what they were planning, they hoped, but they didn't have all the pieces in place. Right. And that was fine, because when I finished my part of it, yeah. I was tired. Yeah. And George really wanted me to do the two-part history of the DC Universe. I read that book. And I just, I said, I mean, no offense, but I've been working towards issue 12. Yeah. And once I hit issue 12, I'm just going to sleep, you know. And oh, I, I remember getting the two-part booklet. I thought that was great. And Carl Kiesel did it. It's a nice yeah, book. Yeah, it is a nice and book. Carl did a beautiful job. You know what? I remember to this day, 34 years later, there was one entry in that book that talked about, was it the All-Star Squad or the Liberty Legion being lost or stuck in time fighting the devil or something? They were, like, trapped? All-Star Squadron. I mean, the, the JSA. The JSA. Into a loop. They were 
that's what it was. That's what it was. And I did, just the way they left it like that. They said, oh, by the way, the JSA is trapped forever. What the hell is this guy doing, demolition derby? Well, whatever. But I remember that. I was just like, wow, that's very sad that they got stuck that yeah. way. Well, they, I don't think that happened right away. I think that happened after Christ. It was just a footnote, though. It was like, oh, by the way, if you're looking for these people, they're stuck. That happened after Christ. So that was, you know, the, the whole point was Earth 2 was gone, so any of the duplicate characters, right? Um, they really wanted to take them off the board. So yeah, yeah. that was the whole point. So in a perfect world, if it all lined up correctly, yes. there would have been issue one starting up again of Batman, is Superman, the Wonder Woman? Yep. But what happened? Well, they couldn't get. A, I mean, they wanted to make those books special. What do you mean they couldn't have the editors wouldn't agree to it? No, no, they couldn't get it. I mean, it was a scheduling thing. Yeah, I really. Mean, they wanted to get the best people they could get to do the relaunches. Right. And I have no doubt. I don't know that they asked Burn then, but I'm sure that Burn would have been a guy that asked. Mm -hmm. Because they were also looking for guys who had huge profile. Right. Right. Big names. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know that within that same time. Dick Giordano, you know, we had a, a dinner or whatever, and he said that I was going to be part of one of the one of or the other. Mm -hmm. He said either Batman or Superman, mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, you know, Batman. You wanted Batman? Well, I had I wasn't a Superman reader. Oh, I mean, really? I the Superman movie, the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like my touchstone for everything. Yes. But I wasn't really a reader. I wasn't like a huge Superman fan. You really wanted Batman. I can never put you on Batman. And I did that. I did a, well, I mean, before that, I did a Batman for Batman Annual that I really enjoyed doing. I like Batman. I like, I, I just couldn't. It's so it. shadowy, though. It I says the ink. Would you be inking it or just drawing it? I just would have drawn it differently. Huh. But I, I, I always like characters who were regular powered guys. Yeah. So a Superman felt too intimidating. Really? Yeah. Well, everybody associates you with Superman. I couldn't imagine everyone going, Jerry's a Batman guy? Yeah, Nick Giordano says, I think you're more of a Superman guy. And oh, going, okay, that's what happened then, huh? Yeah, so that's what happened. So I knew I was going to be part of it. I didn't know how I would be part of it. When they did wind up hiring Byrne, yeah. and I read about it in the fan press, like, oh, Byrne's going to do the relaunch. With yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, oh, they're going to ask me to ink it. I'm not going to pencil it. Oh. And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder. But I just held back and then... They came and said, oh, no, after the six issues, Man of Steel, That's you. books are going to relaunch, and then there's going to be three books, and you'll be doing one of them. So, so going back to that, so the crisis happens. It's big. Yep. Was the sales out of control? Was it huge selling? Yes. Well, I mean, at that time, and it was probably selling 400000 That was really good. Yeah. But that was still an instant. Well, you know what? Was it being problem? No, but I'm saying at the same time, we're talking 85. Yeah. You had Watchmen coming out. You had Dark Knight Returns coming out soon. Was there just too many bigger books going on? And DC was just like, oh, my God, every two weeks there's another big thing happening here. No, and this, this has happened before those things. Watchmen happened after. Not like 86? Yeah, it was after. But it was no, but I'm just saying, was there just so much like Ronin? Maybe around that contemporary with, uh, with that, but not... Uh, but was the, was the fan response, like you said during this interview, a lot of people were pissed because they were like, why'd you kill Supergirl? Why'd you kill The Flash? Yeah. Didn't they know people were going to be mad? Didn't you assume, like, oh, wow, we're going to throw out their, their childhood and start anew? Of course they're going to be mad. Right, they're going to be mad, but you don't expect people to, like, be, be hostile. Mad. Yeah. I mean, people came to the convention 
he wouldn't stand on the desk and pound his shoe on the desk. This has to happen. This has to happen. Bob tried to make things work out, Mm. and ultimately I think DC saw that it wasn't going to be able to move forward because he couldn't get these other editors on board. Yeah. So. It didn't happen. No, in the in in a uh, a weird twist. Right. Mike Gold got hired. Yes, Mike Gold from First Comics because he was that was yeah went to First Comics in Chicago. Back as a managing editor. Yes, sir. And they give Mike Gold our project. And what happens is Paul Levitz winds up backing out, Mm. but then I got kind of aced out of this thing because they had. I was still supposed to draw it, but they left me out of the story meeting when John Ostrander took over. Uh-huh. Yes. And I was really offended. Because hmm. I was part of this whole yeah, building you got, this thing. Yeah, they got a new guy in. And yeah. then suddenly it's like, oh, you're just the art monkey. This was art monkey. The whole point was that I was getting to plot this thing. So I got really mad, and they, I said, you know what? I, I've never broken a contract, but I want you to let me out of the contract because I didn't sign up for this. This is, I don't want to just draw a thing, you know. That became Legends. That's when where Legends came out of? Yeah. And yeah. they changed our evil guy, our, our corrupter guy, into Glorious Godfrey. Yes. I mean, it, it's a good, Legends is a good story. It's just not right. what we were going to do. And it's a shame that what we were planning, I think, would have been a lot of fun. And it would have been different. Than the book that came out. Yeah. It would have been more... I mean, they, they tried to do that with Legends, I think. Yeah, no, I thought Legends was a good miniseries. My personal storytelling approach would have been... I would have done more... Darker stories. Yeah, yeah. angsty. You know, that was the whole point of it. So, anyway. Anyway, so that's what happened. That So, Crisis there. They do a, a watered-down version, basically, yeah. a couple years later. But wouldn't you think that would have been where it ended there? But no. Why did they redo everything again in the 90s with that crisis? Well, what was the next thing? The next was thing, I mean, the zero hour. The legends, what, then they started doing the crossovers over in, in annual form. Yeah. On the, the summer annuals, they would tie them together. They did Armageddon. Yeah, 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 Armageddon 2001. That was later, wasn't it? They did. What I'm saying, they, they started doing these because the next one I remember was the one I was part of was yeah. zero hour. Yeah. Zero hour was like 1994 yeah. or something. Yeah. So... You know, and, and then since then, but then from '94 there was one at least every year, if not two. Oh, well, there was Final Crisis, Crisis Identity, Time Crisis. You had Underworld Unleashed. You had yeah, uh, the, yeah. the War of the Gods. You had the, right. I forgot what War of the Gods. The, the Genesis one with the that Byrne had written. Oh, the New that Gods one. thing. Yeah, that was that was another one. There was. Jeez, I don't um, even remember that. Yeah, uh, there was like a, a ton of them while I was doing Shazam, and that four years of Shazam, we must have done five crossovers. Uh, one million, DC, one million. Oh, yeah. Is that the one where Batman got lost in time? He was yeah, a caveman, a pirate, was, uh, time crisis? After Infinite Crisis, that was... Oh, God, that was... That was uh, Final Crisis. Yes. Grant Morrison. I hated that. Yeah. Something's going on. But, uh, Three cop cars just went by, sorry. You went through that life. No, 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 no. Jerry, there we, so anyway, Jerry, the crisis was not all it was cracked up to be. Where so were we? we were talking about how come there were so many crises since then. Wouldn't you have thought that that definitive 1985 crisis on Infinite Earth should have been enough to been. last well, 30 were, years? Yeah, I mean, they weren't meant to be like, oh, let's do this every year. No, but it became that way. The, the downside to doing it is it interrupts anybody's storyline in their book. 
Like if you're doing character development or... But is it all about sales? Yeah. Is it because that sells multiple books? Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you think there's a... There's I an do. Intrins, intrinsic, artistic... No, it's a marketing. I mean, it's, it's basically like... Like a... Like a miniseries well, on it's TV. Like, it's, like, it's like wrestling. Yeah. When you have the battle royale. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. fun once in a while, but... Not every yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, every time you do it and you want to change something, because you can't do it and not have some right. character die right. or a big change. Well, is it diminishing yeah, returns? Didn't they notice, like, hey, sales aren't as big as they were last time. Maybe we should stop this. Well, here's the thing. It gives, and this is what we noticed during Shazam, is that each time they do a crossover, yeah. it gives readers. all the books, like the whole DC superhero line gets a bump of, say, 5% sales. Okay. But, that bump always goes always, down. I was going to say it doesn't last long. It peaks and goes right back yeah, to where it was. It, it, but sometimes it just sidetracks the book, which yeah. is a problem. I mean, if you were doing a book and you you just get sidetracked from whatever your, you know, whatever your thing was, it would be somehow right. uh, you know, a storyline you'd have to set aside or a storyline or a character. Did you have a right as a writer on a book or an editor to not be part of the uh, crisis? Or it was this company, everybody had to be... No, whenever whenever they would come out with those multiple yeah, no, crossovers, they say, oh, by the way, you're going to be in this. Well, the editor's got to choose it. I mean, it's not like if you're a writer, you don't get to choose those things. If the editor is in, which he has yeah. to be generally, yeah. then you have to make that decision. Now, you remember, um, I don't know if you remember, I, but what? during the death of Superman, yes. and the lead-up and the tie-in to Green Lantern. Yes, I remember that when he went nuts. We had the thing where they blew up. I Coast mean, City. I say we, but the, yeah. the guys who took, who took Superman after me. Yes. They did the whole Mongol story, yeah. and they blew up Coast City. Yeah, right. And Coast City had repercussions for the Green Lantern. Book. Right. All that was done with the editor, Kevin Dooley, was the editor of Green Lantern at the time. He was like, "Hey, I love the storyline. I want you know we're going to work stuff and we're going to make stuff happen out of our book." Right. Well, one of his writers, or I guess his main writer. Uh, wound up quitting. I think he quit because he didn't want to do all that. It sidetracked his plans. And that was Ger- Gerard Jones. Oh. He quit and Ron Mars got the job. Right. So it was good for Ron Mars because all that stuff paid off for their book. It gave them... The new Kyle Rayner. Yeah. yeah. It really did. It, it, it gave them a whole direction to do, which yeah. is kind of what you want. Right. You know? So it's, it, it, it started with Superman and then they basically took the ball and said, okay, here... And then that wound up going into Zero Hour. In mm-hmm. Because you had a character, Hal Jordan, who was Hal Jordan goes over the edge. Right. And, and then suddenly you've got like a, a, a really gigantic new villain. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was a big thing. And, you know, fans are always going to have problems with it, which is understandable. People don't like change when, they, you know. But then, so when, then you would say everything was done and that broke. You didn't need to do it again because they just redid the Green Lantern Corps and he started. Wasn't he going to restart the whole universe again? That was the whole yeah, point. Hour. Yeah. Hour gave you a restart yeah. But then what's, didn't he go into the sun at the end of that one? Didn't he sacrifice himself and become the specter in that one? No, that happened to Jeff Johns. Later. Oh, when the sun's going dark. Jeff was trying to bring him back. Yeah, but what was that one then? Carl Kiesel did Final Night. Final Night. That's when the Green Lantern becomes the hero again, in a way. Darkest Night? Dark, dark Blackest Night? Yeah. No, there was no that was a different one. Final Night, maybe. It was, yeah, the Green Lantern. What happened is the, the sun, sun was going out, 
and he comes back, but then you find out the parallax was some type of yellow right, parasite. That was like in the second year of Shazam that that, that storyline hit Yeah, up. and then that, then he became the, the Spectre. But he yeah. Did, Jeff Johns did stuff when he was bringing him back. I thought Jeff Johns did the Spectre story. I don't know. I think he just sacrificed the no, it's fine. I got no pain. So that was where that came from. And then, and then, of course, he becomes the Green Lantern once again later on. That was in the 2000s. That was, yeah. But again. Yes. But it just gave me a headache. That's when they had the multiple rings and multiple colors and all that. That was interesting. No, it was. But I'm just saying, as a reader... Like, we were just talking to this cameraman who was here, and he said, oh, he stopped reading a lot of books in the 90s because he couldn't afford the multiple crossover books that you had to get all of them to really understand the full story. And I'm like, did you really? Because I used to be one of those guys after a while that was just getting, I would get the main story, and that was it. I didn't care about the auxiliary or ancillary stories. I'm like, I don't care. I don't read such and such title. I'm not going to talk. Right. Do you really get a more complete story? If you read all those books, yeah. like, oh, wow, that's you something. You get whatever, whatever the other monthly guys like this. to it. Like, not all of the crossovers are good. Key stories. No, but it's not, that's, that's not all good. It's like if I gave, yeah. if you and I were both doing books that were supposed to tie into something. Right, right. And just I'm going to set up a premise for you. Yeah. You're tying into something, and the guy who's doing the book that you're tying into isn't done yet. Yes. Do that. No, I think you got to go yeah. that way. Yeah. So if you're if you're doing this thing and you're, you're you can't get information to do your crossover basically, but you're on on your deadline and you don't want to ship your book late, so you go okay. Well, if they can't give me the information that tie, that helps me with my crossover book, I'm just going to do my story. Make the crossover part really minimal. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and do my own thing. Right. So that happens too. So your book is going to have a, a like a, a minor crossover. It's not going to be substantial. Maybe I wait and I get this great bit of information, and I can make my whole issue about that, and I somehow I'm able to yeah. ship it or whatever. It's all about that. I mean, the way the crossovers have been done in the last couple of years, I don't think that they're playing fair with the people on the books because they don't have all of them. Is it possible to plan it out way, way ahead of time? Like, oh, let's plan this out for next year, and that way you guys all have a head start to say, by the time you reach this month in January, you should be all focusing. Yeah, but I'm trying to get this out. But I'm just saying, maybe it's just a timing thing. Maybe you just have to let everybody know. I know, I know. I'm not going to get it. You good now. Keep left. Keep left. Oh, up here, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm just saying maybe it's just they didn't give you guys enough heads up. I mean, typically, how long would you know ahead of time when you do a book? A year out? Well, no. Plot them? No, six months out. The problem is, like, here's the thing. It yeah. Depends, like in the old days, when they did the crisis, right. that was plotted out a year in advance. And they did an extensive little chart of what would happen, like, say, if you were doing All-Star Squadron issue something yeah. that came out with Crisis 1, 2, 3. There would be a level of here's how deep it goes. Right. Red skies, you know, weird stuff. You can still do your own story, but hey, there's... This is the background, yeah. Yeah, and then when you get further into crisis, 
oh, look, there's shadow demons or there's whatever, and that would be something you could use for your story. So that was planned out well, and I think Legends was planned out well, and I think um, Zero Hour was planned out well. But it really happened in the days of books shipping late. Like, if Crossover never could ship late because... Domino effect, You have, like, whatever months worth of books that are coming out that are tied into it are screwed. Yeah. Either they're going to have a reveal, yep. if their book comes out on time and they have whatever bit of reveal, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah it's going to ruin the main the story. Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Is a lot of these things are, are just not being scheduled. Well, that's why I would say this not do so many. That's why I was asking yeah. before. No, like, I mean, that's the part that nobody understands. They're really huge logistical nightmares to pull off. Yeah. But I think from the company point of view, they see them as a cash cow or a way to artificially bump the market. Like, oh, look, nobody's paying attention. We'll do this, this, and this. And then suddenly, like, oh, hey, why DC's interesting again? Or why well, Marvel's interesting again? And it's kind of BS. Yeah. Now, that big new crisis box set that comes out at Christmas time, which is about if retail, MSRP is 500 but you can get it probably for, no, I think it's like, suggest price is 500 Yeah, but you can get it for like 350 or whatever. So that's going to have every single crisis, not only the crisis on Infinite Earths, but the ones that they did all the way back in the 60s. Right, the very beginning of all the so the flash of both worlds. Right. All those are going to be collected, I think, or have already been collected. Yes. And then the Crisis Companions, I think there's multiple volumes of that. And those have all the tie-ins, all the crossovers. Yeah. I think it's a total of six books. Is it they're six giant omnibuses? And they're going to fit in a box. That's you, you do the design. Nicole has got penciled it. Yep. And I inked it. Right. And it's a wraparound, a huge wraparound image that she just knocked herself out on, and I did. And, yeah. Um, the box itself, I think, I, I don't know if some of the books were, I think the books, some of the books are separate. That yeah. are already for sale. As Ed McMahon would say, everything you ever wanted to know right. about the crisis in right. D.C. is in that box set. Yeah, I did a new cover. Yeah. I did a, I did a cover last year where I recolored an old All-Star Squadron cover for one of the Crisis Companions, but I also did a new cover for a Crisis Companion yeah. for this one, you know, for this box set. Yeah. And, uh... I mean, it's going to be hours worth of reading. It's just so limited. When you're talking about a $500 book... Yeah. Who's going to buy that? Yeah, I mean, there's a limit to the actual potential of the sales. I have, Marvel came out with the um, box set years ago of all the original Marvel characters. Right. So you get, in one volume, there was a beautiful box set. It was to the Avengers of Mansion right. is what the box looked like. And you opened it up, and inside they had the Spider-Man one that had, like, the first ten issues. Right. The first ten issues of Daredevil, the first ten issues of the main everything, Fantastic Four. It was really well done. It had letters in there from Roy Thomas about each character and the history of it. Beautiful new covers done. But it, I think I got it on sale for about three hundred dollars. It came with an Alex Ross print signed by Alex Ross and Stan Lee. I mean, there, there was a lot of cool extras in it. But 
it was not cheap. And I remember buying it. I'm like, why did I buy this? I could just get these reprints. But I see it every day. It's downstairs with all the other stuff. But, boy, they've done a lot of those since then. They've done a Secret Wars one. They've done an X-Men one. You've got your stuff coming out with the DC stuff. Didn't DC do another big box set, I think, once? Maybe it was not Death of Superman, but... They're just well. They did, but they, they did the reprint. They reprinted the Death of Superman yeah. multiple volumes, and they had the image on the spine. That yeah, 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 yeah. Superman has to yeah. put all four books together. No, they're beautiful. They're well. I'm just saying they're well done. I'm not knocking the printing and stuff. It's just so expensive. That's all. I mean, is there any other way you could read those stories without going through back issue bins or trade paperbacks? Maybe if you wanted to read all that. I don't know. Some of the stuff doesn't. I mean. I think some of these books, some of the stories that are reprinted in the Crisis Companion 2 yeah. are being reprinted for the first time. So that's going to, you know, hard. But the thing is, I'm hoping that they'll be selling those boxes by themselves. Yeah, the books or inside. Or make a print out of it or something, because it's such a limited market to do just the box. And now, to do just the, you know, how many people possibly... That's what I'm saying. How many people are going to buy yeah. that? I mean, it's a nice Christmas present, don't get me wrong, but... Three hundred dollars, still three hundred. I mean, I know that they they put a lot of engineering into this box. Yeah, right? yeah, the way it opens and up. After the fact, after we did the art, they were like, "Oh, we may need to change something," and it was like, "I guess Nicola couldn't do it. They wanted yeah. to add a flap or something." And then they finally decided which a better better solution was to do an insert. When you open the box, you lose the main image. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like the the main image is the Superman holding the Supergirl. Yeah, the box opens, you lose the image. So what they did was. They're going to put that image on the underside, so when the flap comes up, that image is still there. Oh, okay. I mean, there's, like, subtle things that are probably only fanboy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did at least think about that. Hmm. Um, I think it'll be really cool. No, it's just something that goes into all this designing. Now, how long have you knew about this? I remember we saw, them. we were up to see Shazam, I think, and you got a call after the movie to go and do that well, artwork, wasn't it? That, that yeah. was one early on. I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, but that was around March, was it? Late February, March? Was yeah, well, February, I think. Because George was going to draw it. No. No? Uh, I don't think I ever heard that. He was never going to work on that at all? Maybe. Maybe you're right. I remember you got a call and you were like, oh, wow, they want me to do all these covers. And I gotta, like, oh, no, no, that was a different thing. Like, that was in oh. to that. Yeah. They wanted me to do the covers for all the volumes. Like, oh. Yeah. Whereas a comic book, you 
lot of characters on it. Right, but you can go big on the comic. You know what I mean? You're, right. You're not limited locales. You're not limited and all that. So I would say the comic's going to, if it follows the show, it's going to still have more than the show because it'll be whatever they, whatever the artist and writer want to draw. Yeah. Right. So there you go. Anyway, that's, that wraps that up. I don't know if we had done enough stuff about Crisis. Were you happy with the overall book? I mean, is that, you worked on a couple, no, if you worked on a couple of the different other Crisis stories for the last 30 years. Yeah, I worked on Legacies, the two-part Legacy story that tied into Crisis. No, but I'm saying, was that probably the best big event book you've worked on? You did Legends. Which one did, was more satisfying as a guy to work on? Which was well, your favorite? I mean, Crisis was in, in its own league. Yeah, you know, nothing could top that. Right. For the toy line. For the toy line. Right. So you're saying that that was 
But that was their comparison to Secret Wars, not really so much prices. Well, I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying that the, I just read here in advance of doing my interview. Yes. I went through and got the Crisis Companion, which came in that double double slipcase set of prices. Right, right. Um, so the absolute prices. Yeah, yeah. The Crisis Companion had a whole history of this thing, and one of the one of the things that it mentioned. Terminator coming out. Anyway, yes. It, it mentions the fact that. Had planned and started planning crisis in eighty at the end of eighty three. Right. And they basically wanted to do they wanted to plug the monitor guy in to continuity for a period of time to feel like he was as behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 doing so stuff. The plan was in that whole year's worth leading up to it, he would appear in every D C title. Right. Including the war titles, anything not even time related because it was time time was no constraint. Right. So that Marvel had heard about that and they knew that they could get theirs out first. That was that was what this book says. I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. But this book says that was the what they, they Hey, good question for Jim Shooter. And again, it hey, really doesn't was. matter. I know, in the end they all came out. Yeah. Um, there's huge fans of Singapore. Oh, Wars. Yeah. I think Crisis might have had more story. I do, too. And, you know, you can like it or not, but Crisis is more packed with yes. content than... The problem with Secret Wars is, because I like both, but Secret Wars kind of falls apart towards the end because it just seems so rushed because the artwork was rushed, they were trying to make deadlines, and it's just ugly. It's actually kind of ugly to look at that last two issues because it's a mess. And, I mean, I heard stories that they were drawn in, in a hotel room at a convention or something like they had Zach doing it and Bob Layton doing it and weren't you helping out? I mean, everybody was just trying to get that thing out there to the printers just to meet the deadline. I think you know? Beatty, unfortunately, had panic attacks yeah. for the first time in his life. Just trying to get that book done. And you could see the artwork. You could physically see the artwork totally almost like just pencils the last issue, the 12th issue, because there's no time to to embellish it with a lot of detail or anything. They're like, just go, 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 Well, again, go. I'm not trying I don't think, I, I think they're both good projects. It didn't impact it so much. Happened first or no, no, I just don't think it had as much weight as the DC one did. You know what I mean? The DC was killing characters. The thing that Marvel got right, in a way, was having those characters pop up. In other words, they did it before they didn't have to wait for it to happen. No. You had, you know, the Spider-Man. They all disappeared. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, both. Well, there you know, was. It was like when they popped up, they were changed. Yeah. And then you read the rest of the promo of Secret Wars to find out what happened. Maybe. Right, right. So that was kind of an interesting way of doing it. As and opposed to the DC one was DC dragged went chronologically. Yeah. And then they basically didn't get to do their relaunches with Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever, right. until a year afterwards or two years after. So that was really the big... Yeah. 
the phone line. Just a picture of me, George. Karen Berger sitting on my knee. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. It's on George's uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Right. 
in comic books, especially, they are constantly changing because if they didn't, number one, they become stagnant. Yes. Number two, is they're no longer reflecting the times they're published in. Right. You know, their monthly comics, they should reflect the world that they live in. So it may not be my cup of tea or your cup of tea. Right. But they should reflect the readership in their, who's in their 20s, 30s, whatever. Teens, 20s, 30s, less than somebody who's 60 years old or 50 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had our stuff. Our stuff still exists. So it's not that big a, a big a thing for me. Alright. Well, that's what it's doing. That wraps it up, Jer. I could do another episode because we still have another 40 minutes. We'll yeah, do a different. We'll do a super. been a production of Big Fedora Marketing, LLC. The folks that bring you the terrific Comic-Con, GamerCon, and so much more. Thanks for listening.